All right, Chabronis, we're back. Welcome back to the Labretti Podcast Diary Show. I'm Labretti, of course. Had a lot of tech difficulties trying to get this working today. I don't know what the hell was going on. Computer was acting up. Programs were acting up. I was going to have to just send you the like a blog of what I was going to talk about today. Just a journal entry with no video, no, no diary, nothing. Maybe just a diary entry, but we got to figure out. Hopefully, I think everything's good to go video audio wise. So we'll find out uh, when we post this and and you guys can let me know if it worked out OK. But we got things uh, duct taped together for now. Anyway, hope you guys had a good week this past week. A, a more it's, it's been busy. The past several weeks have been busy. More and more shit keeps piling on for I'm sure everybody. The whole world, it's been chaotic, and I get it. A lot of shit going on. We got we to gotta sift through it all, plow through it all, if you will. So I hope you guys did that. I sure tried anyway from my end. Um, but, you know, still dealing with hurdles. Audio, video uh, shit going on today. So we're still plowing through it. I hope, again, I hope you guys continue to plow through it also. That's sort of the name of the game here at the uh, LPDS is, you know, finding finding ways to uh, to get through the shit to be happy, less stressful, all the how you doing. So um, news update for you guys. Tomatoes. We got sprouts. OK, we got sprouts. We got sprouts. We got sprouts up the ass. All right. We're less than a week into this thing and we're sprouting, baby. Okay, if I can, I'll, I'll try to get a good picture to really show you, to illustrate and display the, the sprouts, sprout city, if you will. Um, I don't know if it'll do justice. If I, if I can snag the good photos, I'll throw them up here, but we're sprouting. Okay. And that's the name of the game in the tomato business. Step one, seeds. Step two, sprouts. Step five, tomatoes. So we're well on our way. We're early. We're in March. Last year, when did we start sprouting? May, June, something, something late like that. So very exciting stuff. Doing what we can to avoid tomato tragedy. I still got to water them. Keep the temperature optimal. Keep the UV light constant. Cultivate and grow these bad boys so that they sprout into plants. I can put them outside in the LPDS Garden of Eden. And then, again, the ultimate goal is tomatoes for, for tomato parties, sauce, whatever you want to do with tomatoes. <laughs> All right? So I'll keep you guys posted, but that was some good news. Look, again, the media just floods the bad news. Okay, you got to find the good in the day in your weeks to keep going. Sometimes it's harder than other weeks, but this is what we do here. We try. We that's what we do. We do the hard work for the ultimate, you know, the ultimate goal of of happiness, the pursuit of happiness. So tomato update, definitely positive news in the world. Negative news, constant. It's constant. Ukraine. I mean, there's been nothing else on the news. Nothing else besides the Ukraine situation the past couple weeks. 
COVID's not a thing anymore. If you say COVID to someone, they look at you and scratch their head like they've never heard that before. Gone. Fauci, gone. That guy might as well be dead. I don't know where he is. Probably on some, some podcast that nobody listens to, not mine, because I can't even get guests like that yet, because he's just trying to stay, stay relevant, but he's gone. Don't know what happened to him. Nobody cares about him anymore. Since before Ukraine, actually, the media stopped caring about him. The president probably said, don't, don't listen to him anymore. I don't know what the hell is going on with that guy. He's gone. His ego just took him to the stratosphere. Don't know where he's, where he's at. COVID also gone. He took it with him. Don't know where it's at. Nobody cares anymore. Everybody dropped their mask mandates everywhere again. You don't hear too much about vax guilt and booster guilt or anything like that. Unless you live here in the D.C. area and then the dating sites and still are still rife with that. That's the first thing they talk about is making sure that they're, they let you know that they're vax and boosted. I don't know why that's a thing here still. Again, you live in these bubbles and there's different realities, different matrices, matrices in different parts of the country and world. And in this part of the country, this world, this bubble, it's all about, it's still all about the vax and the boost and the cliche, the spicy margs, the New York Times crossword puzzles, putting you on your making sure your congressional pin to let everyone know that you work at the Senate or the Capitol Hill or whatever is on every shirt you own, no matter where you're going. And then they talk, they do political gossip. That's this world. The Ukraine world, war, invasion, the CNN guy. Did you see this, by the way? Let's find the funny in the shit. Okay, we got to find the good. We got to find the funny. CNN's got a reporter out there. I forgot his name. Joe McNutsack. It doesn't really matter. He's out there supposedly on the front lines. It looks more like he's just like on a balcony in his hotel overlooking uh, Ukraine. And he's got a helmet on that they gave him. They provide him with helmet and maybe a flak jacket. I don't know. Rec specs, whatever. If I can find the photograph, like a screenshot of it, I'll post it up here. But he looks like Darth Helmet from Spaceballs. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, never heard of that movie, check yourself. Okay, because that's a top-tier comedy film, Mel Brooks. Nobody does it better than him back in the day. So go check it out. I think there was a split screen. I got to find like a split image of him and Darth Helmet. This thing is five to ten sizes too big for this guy. I don't know what the what they expect to get out of that safety wise and security. It's he's moving or he's just talking. He's just standing there with the microphone talking and the thing's jiggling around like a bobblehead on him. It provides no safety or security whatsoever. He looks like a clown, the poor bastard. I'm sure he's a nice fella, but he looks like a joke. Anybody. Anybody with, with some self-respect who would actually go on the front lines in combat would not be seen wearing that. Not just from a fashion perspective, because it looks like you look like a jabroni, but because it's not functional. And if, if we're nothing here at the LPDS, we're functional. Function over fashion. And that thing just doesn't cut it. 
that does that misses the mark in, in 15, 20 different ways. Very funny to see it on uh, on the media, on the television, though. Uh, not as funny as the Applebee's commercial that that popped in right after the uh, the very dramatic scene that they had a post on there for you to show you the drama out there to make you you know remember how important it is, how much more important it is than the other problems going on, like the skyrocketing fuel prices in this country because of our dependence. What else we got going on? Another big thing, the BLM organization, not the movement. I'm very for the movement. But the company itself, the website that that started up and built an organization around, they're under investigation. I don't know if they're indicted yet or implicated officially yet, but they're under investigation for embezzlement of like $60 million because they can't account for any of the donations that they got. The, the chair, the director of the organization stepped down last year because they couldn't account for how they just suddenly acquired $3.2 million worth of land and property in like less than a year. That's happening. So these people are stealing money from good-hearted people who are trying to donate to a good cause. They're stealing the money, can't account for it, lining their pockets with it. Nobody's talking about that, the thievery going on. Still nothing, no updates on Anybody getting implicated in, in further in the Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeff Epstein thing or the Jean-Luc Brunel fake suicide. None of the rapists are still being held accountable for their actions. That's good. That's cool. So just remember this, guys. Put on your tinfoil hats for a little bit. And every time you see something flooding the news outlets, the media on TV, Take a step back and think about what they're not showing us. What's not happening right now? What's not being talked to us about and told? And, inf- and why are we not being informed of this? What is going on? There's always something. Again, these are for-profit businesses. Okay, They rely on viewership and sponsorships and having the hot news item to show you, to get you to view and click and do whatever, whether it's real or not. Okay, understand the business model behind it all. Take a step back from your ideologies and your emotions. It's hard. I know I have a problem doing it, too. A big problem. But we got to try. That's all we could do is try to step back and understand what's going on here behind the curtain. No updates on the CNN. Abusers and harassers that have gotten accused and fired for doing sexual stuff illegally. No updates on that. That's not newsworthy, I guess. But anyway, I'm going to be done ranting about that. We got to find the positive in life. Okay. Dig around for the good. Hone in on that. I know that sounds like hippy dippy and not realistic. I'm not saying hide the negative and sweep it under the rug, but not everything is negative. Okay. If you live only in the negative, you're going to be only a negative person. We'll talk about that in the big three, but Let's just get on. Let's get on to it. We got a, a pretty fun episode. I think a pretty decent lesson involved in it. Got some good fan feedback we want to get into. So uh, let's just get into it and we'll step in the cage. Okay, let's run. All right. Today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by Blagarka Petroleum Company of Russia. 
There's no better place these days to import your natural gas from than the motherland itself. And with Blagarka Petro, it's easier and cheaper than ever. Blagarka goes to any lengths to get you the best, most pure Petro products out there, whether it's by drilling in the heart of a city and decimating an entire village to do so, or invading a country with fresh Petro reserves to meet customer demand, Blagarka will do it. So to start getting that sweet Petro nectar right from the source, visit www.putinpetro.com and use the promo code Chernobyl to get your first batch of Petro products sanction free. Direct from the source. That's what you want to do. Farm to table, drill to table, motherland to table, to car, to what have you, to tank, whatever you got. And to beat the sanctions, to get around the sanctions, order now. Use Chernobyl. That's how we do it here, folks, okay? Got to pay the bills. All right. The cage fact today. Now, I was having a discussion with the Brotherhood a couple days ago. We were hitting the sticks, a couple of us, not all of us, but some, uh, some faction of it, if you will. Sounds like a cult, damn it. Strike that from the record. We're not a cult. Uh, I was talking to a couple of, a couple of them. And uh, we started talking about A-list, B-list actors. The, the conversation started because uh, the previous episode when I was talking about Annalyn McCord being a B-list actor, uh, I was challenged on that saying that she's probably more like a D-list actor. Um, so I had a caveat to say that she's a B-list in the Hallmark movie world, which really makes her probably a D-lister. So I think we agreed. I just ineffectively communicated, which again, this is what I'm. What, this is what we, you know, what we're here for to try to more effectively communicate and be also entertaining and funny to you guys. So I got to, you know, we got to keep learning and growing. But anyway, that would spark the conversation of what is the criteria for A, B, C, D, E list actors these days? Who writes that? Who is the arbiter of of that criteria? And and who you know who belongs in what bucket, if you will? Um, and there was a bit of a heated argument. In the middle of combat, if you will, e-combat while we were hitting the sticks on whether or not Nick Cage is an A-list actor. Now, you could you could probably guess what my answer is to that. And, and there are 97 previous episodes to back that, to back my my stance on that and my opinion. Uh, evidence that is actual factual evidence. Uh, you know, there is this is the cage fact segment, this is not the cage, you know, pontification segment. So, um, anyway, we had the back and forth argument, so we just wanted to go right to the horse's mouth and get and get his take on it. And actually, this is from uh, the wet cat, he was able to find this article, but there was a, an interview a couple years ago, 2018, I think it was, and I want to get this quote right. Um, where they asked him about, you know, doing all these different movies and what he considers himself as far as like, you know, where he stands in the hierarchy of actors and, and all this stuff. And he was quoted as saying, or I think maybe as an email or whatever, he said uh, that he believes that he's an A-list actor doing A-list work, being forced into B-list presentations because he had some hits in action films a million years ago. And it was starting to get, I guess, stovepiped and typecasted into these 
these action roles, but the presentations and the movies that they they typecast him in are are not great films, but he's still doing quality work. And this goes back to what I've been saying for years now. And what I've said multiple times on this program is that the movies might suck. Some of the movies do, in fact, suck. Okay, there's no two ways around it. Okay, I'm not going to be a cage apologist because he's my just because he's my guy. I got it. Some of the movies are garbage, but his performances in those movies are anything but garbage. And I'll stand by that. As will he and as should you. Because if you go back to any of those movies, the, the worst of the worst, what's the best part of that movie? Nick Cage's performance. And I know it's easy to associate Nick Cage with garbage because he's in a lot of garbage movies. But if you do what, you know, like we always do here on the LPDS and you take that time to take the step back and separate the movie from the individual performance, you got yourself a pretty good damn, you know, actor on your hands. A-list. Whatever, you do, whatever the, the greaseball Italians do with their hands. Magnifico. Nick Cage is a top-tier actor. He's an A-list actor. And I'll die on that hill. Talking about that. I'll die on that hill. I don't have many hills to die on these days. I got nothing else to live for. I'll die on that hill. And, and people know it. So, anyway, that's the Cage fact. He has been quoted officially saying he believes to be an A-list actor doing A-list work in B-list presentations, and I couldn't agree more. And because this is part of the cage facts segment, not the cage opinion segment, this is now a black and white truth. So there you go. That's the cage fact. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you for that input, Wet Cat, and thank you for the conversation from the Brotherhood, the non-cult Brotherhood. All right, moving on into the junction. Spin the logo up. What the hell are we talking about here today? Oh, yeah. Shit talks and disses. Good stuff here. So through a, earlier in the week, I posted the question, you know, what are some of your favorite like old school childhood disses or shit talks that you would do mainly for your friends? Um, and that's really that's really what you know I want to harp on early is that this is, you know, the fun goofy shit you did with your friends to get under their skin um, and, you know, to have fun with when you were a kid. The reason for that is because it, there was nothing, there's nothing more fun still to this day than having a good shit talk with your pals and finding that little weakness of someone getting under their skin uh, because everyone has a good time. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all in good fun. That's the intent behind it, to, to have fun and make people laugh. All comes from a good place, whether it's a good shit talk or a bad one. So that was, you know, so the, the genesis of the question. Um, it actually started, and I'll, and I'll tell you how. I was driving to work, shocker, stuck in traffic, shocker. And this jabroni was trying to, like, merge lanes. Wasn't paying attention to anybody other than himself. I, if, if you ask this guy... He was the only car on the road, the way he was driving and, and trying to weave in and out of, uh, of the traffic. And this is almost standstill traffic. It's not like he's weaving in and out like an F1 racer. He's clunky with it. He, it's not working out so well. And I said something out loud, and it was so 
stupid, but it was funny and it sparked the whole the whole conversation in my head. And I said to you know, I look out and I see this guy trying to he's trying to jockey for position, jockey for position into this one lane and he's back and forth and he can't get in and no one's letting him in and he's cursing and honking and all of a sudden he finally gets in, almost hits a guy. And I just said out loud, smooth move, x lax I start chuckling at myself like, oh, that's a killer line right there. And then I realize like that's a that you suck for that line. That line is garbage. But it reminded me of all the other garbage disses and shit talks we would say back in the day as kids, especially back in like the early 90s when it was a little bit no holes bar. You could get away with a lot more stupid shit because nobody knew what it was at the time. Uh, and it was still funny. Smooth Move X-Lax, by the way, is a reference to X-Lax. If you don't know, it's a laxative. X-Lax uh, It's to clear you out, your bowels, your how you doings. Um, and it, it creates what they call the smooth movement, a bowel movement. Uh, so when people call, you know, said smooth move X-Lax, it was a sarcastic way to say, like, you really jacked this one up, buddy. Um, and it was funny at the time. It's funny now because it's so stupid and silly, but you can thank that line that sparked this debate or this this question session here. Uh, so uh, I got good feedback from that. So thank you guys for all the feedback here, but we'll try to get into some of these. Um, another couple of lines, before I get into the fan feedback, another couple of lines I wanted to talk about were some that people may or may not have remembered from back in the day. Um, one of them, this is a killer line, and this is very like Italian, Italian American, uh, motherland kind of thing to say, uh, because it, again, it's an easy line. You don't have to think too much about it. It's not like custom to uh, a particular person, but it's a dagger nonetheless. And this goes back to 2006, the World Cup. Do you, if you guys remember, during the World Cup, it was Italy versus France. This is the only reason why I remember it, because Italy won. They beat the French that year, and I was uh, ecstatic. I was sitting in my basement watching it like a jabroni. Um, and during that game, Zinedine Zidane was a French soccer player, and he he headbutted an Italian soccer player in the chest. And it was a whole big do-to-do. He got kicked out of the game. The French ended up losing the game. They say it was because he wasn't part of it, whatever it was. But there was the talk after the game of what got him so angry at this Italian player that he just, that he just lost it and headbutted a guy on the field in the middle of the game. Now, it was a headbutt to the chest, so it wasn't terribly, terribly, you know, uh, it wasn't fatal or lethal or anything like that. But to see that happen in a sporting event by players is wild. And they started talking about the genesis, and he mentioned something about, like, the guy disrespected my family. And that's kind of all that's all you heard for a while. Well, fast forward a little bit later and we get to the truth of the matter. And this is where this is one of the all time shit talks, if you ask me. Now, I will caveat real quick. This guy was clearly not saying this to be funny because he was boys with Zinedine Zidane. Um, it, this was to, this was to get at him, to get under his skin, to be sort of like a bully, if you will. So I don't condone that. But the line itself was a dagger. So this Italian guy, apparently he was grabbing Zidane's shirt the whole match. 
which is pretty standard in soccer. They grab shirts to hold them back to try to get away with, you know, doing penalties and stuff like that. It's just how, how they do it in the, in the business. And at one point, Zidane finally said to the dude, hey, if you want my shirt so bad, just wait till after the game and I'll give it to you. And the Italian guy, I don't remember his name. I didn't look it up because I, I don't I don't it doesn't matter. But he responded with, I'd rather have your sister. I'd rather have your sister in the middle of a game. He drops that bomb on this poor French bastard. Doesn't even know if he has a sister. Just drops it. The dagger. He sticks the dagger in and then he twists it to keep the wound open. And Zidane just blacked out from there. Bang. Gone. Headbutt. See you later. He woke up conscious on the sidelines, kicked out of the game. He didn't even realize what he just did to this guy. What was even funnier was during one of the press conferences post-match, they were talking to the Italian guy like, what the hell was said? We heard that you were disrespecting his mother. And the Italian guy responded with, no, 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 no. I would never respect someone's mother. So that didn't happen. But what he failed to mention was that he has no problem utterly disrespecting someone's sister. I mean, it was a, it was a line that that Meals by Cooge on, on Instagram would, would probably shy away from, too. I don't even know. I'll have to I'll have to ask him. Maybe I'll get him on the show one day. He's a he's a top tier character, by the way. If you don't know who I'm talking about, Meals underscore B-Y underscore C-U-G, Cooge. Go check him out. A top tier Italian-American Ginzo in New York. Uh, but he always makes jokes about your sister. Go check him out. I have to find out what he thought about that line because that was an absolute dagger. But again, I don't condone it because it was a bully tactic. It was not in, you know, there, there was no good intent behind that one. So just keep that in mind before before you start using it. So anyway, let's get to the fan feedback portion of the event here. The event. What event are we talking about, Libretti, you moron? So uh, we got a guy right here who this is not so much a uh, like a verbal diss. It's more of it's a nonverbal communication, if you will. It's the he would give his pals or buddies the old the old school degeneration X suck it sign. So you can either go cross hands like this pow, pow, or the like you're just presenting the crotch to your 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 friends like this with the pow, pow with the hand suck it what suck it and you just, just you do like a like a hump with it too you you're thrusting up with the hump or you can do the you just do a like a like a loose wrist a, a hot wrist action with ooh, 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 suck it don't have to really even say anything you just have to do the thing do the suck it and, and that, that hits home, too. That's another bit of a dagger, depending on your friend and how, how heated they might be in, in your little altercation, if you will. But that's an old school one. It takes no words. You just have to look at somebody, lock eyes, and drop a suck it on them, and they're feeling the pain. They're feeling that. And your friends are having a good time. Everyone's laughing, and, and everyone's you know sharing the experience. And that's a, that's a good... That's a good, healthy diss, if you will, a very creative one because it requires no words whatsoever. 
just a nonverbal action and it still has a, you know, it packs a punch. And this guy who, who likes to do this is a guy who pulverizes bones for a living. So, you know, he's not messing around. He's a bone pulverizer. Clearly, this guy's not fucking around. Sorry, T family show. Damn it. All right. What else we got here? This guy right here went with a, a like a nice sandlot, old school sandlot style disc that he used to tell his friends when he was a kid is uh, you play ball like a girl. Now, this again, Sandlot's an older, older movie, mid 90s. We were all kids when, when it came out. Well, I was a kid when it came out. I saw it in the theater. Why did I just say theater? I never call it theater. Why are you changing it up now, you idiot? Theater, movie theater, theater. <laughs> Absolute idiot. I went to go see it in the theaters when they when they they built up that line at the end. So if you remember the scene, uh, the fatso uh, babe Ham Porter, not babe Porter, uh, whatever his name was, Hamilton Porter. He was trash talking the kid from the uniform team, the actual like AAU team or whatever they were. Uh, they were jawing back and forth, trash talking each other because they were, you know, competing on who was the better team. They were arguing who was the better team. And they had a whole bunch of different uh, shit talks and disses out there. They were pretty good for back in the day. You bob for apples in the toilet and you like it. Uh, you sniff your sister's panties, whatever it was. And then Hamilton Porter drops that bomb of you play ball like a girl. Now, in reality, that's nothing. Have you, if you've seen girls play softball these days, a lot like they're they're freaking good. Okay, I wish I could play ball like a girl because I was not a good baseball player by any means. I had a couple of good uh, offensive outings sometimes. Uh, my parents would certainly argue that because for every time I had a good a good thing offensively on the baseball field, uh, they would be right there to tell you 10 times where I sucked it up. And they also have the video footage. So they claim uh, to, to show how much I sucked. Anyway, I would love to be able to play ball like a girl. But in this movie, the way they they intensified the line and they made the other kids react to it made it sound like that was the that was the straw that broke the camel's back and crushed that other team, that other kid, to the point where they he had no response. He gasped a few times. He said, what did you say to me? And Fatso Porter goes, you heard me. And then they then they then they make the challenge of, all right, meet me on this field, three o'clock behind the flagpole. We'll play a real dot, you know, play a real game on a real diamond and see what's up. And I think Hamilton Porter said, "Can't wait" or some shit like that. And then they, the other team, rode their bikes off in shame with the tail between their legs. Again, a very simple yet effective diss and shit talk. And I'm here for that. Uh, what else we got over here? Another guy wrote in, this is another Sandlot sort of related diss. And I, I'm here for, again, Sandlot was rife with quality, old school, old timey disses and shit talks for kids specifically, because there wasn't a lot of curse words. There wasn't a lot of super disrespect going on. It kept things light and funny. And that's probably one of the reasons why that movie is so great and such a classic. But this one, this guy used was um, calling someone a square or an L7 weenie. Now. The weenie part's great. I and when when people use words in a childish way like weenie and pee pee and poo poo, 
I don't know why. That is always funny to me. Maybe I'm a child. Maybe I'm a child. I don't care, though. I don't care if, um, if you consider me immature or a child for liking that stuff. That shit's funny to me. If Especially if a grown adult is doing it and they say, I got to go pee-pee. You're 45 years old, Melvin. You got to go pee-pee? Awesome. Good for you. That actually brings me to another shit talk. We'll, t- we'll get into that in a second. But L7 Weenie. Now, if you look, well, what does L7 mean? If you do it with you, if you, if you use your sausage fingers and diagram it out, if you will, and it's going to be tough in the, in the screen, so I'll try to do it opposite hand. You got the L with one hand, and then if you flip your other hand the same, so it looks like a J1, and you flip it the other way, Upside down now, it looks like a seven. You put L and seven together, and what do you have? You got a square. And when they were calling Scotty Smalls, his name's in the beginning of the movie, Squints Papadopoulos, or whatever his last name, Pomodorus, whatever he was called, that's what, that's what he called him. He called him an L7 weenie. He goes, the kid's a square, an L7 weenie. Which, again plays to the creativity of kids. And that kind of leads into the, to, to the lesson of this. And I'll get into that later on, but keep that in mind. It's a very creative way to say something simple and otherwise seemingly dumb and un- ineffective. It makes it very effective. You just add a layer of complexity to a childish diss and shit talk. And now it becomes very funny and, uh, and, and really hits home emotionally. So good on him for that. Now, going back to I, I accidentally said Melvin because it was uh, it was on, you know, on my brain and in my head. Another shit talk of this is calling somebody a Melvin. And if you haven't heard that before, again, this is older, but it's a, it's another creative way. It sounds like nothing. It's not like, hey, Melvin, hey, you're, you're a Melvin for that. What it what it does though it makes you step back and think, Melvin sounds so stupid. And me, your immediate reaction is like, "Good comp, you know, great diss, idiot." Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But if you think about it, how many Melvins do you know? And if you know any, what are they? And look at the movies and TV shows. Every time they show Melvins or have a character named Melvin, what are they? They're the super nerds. They got the the glasses with the the tape in the middle of the of the nose piece. Probably a pocket protector. Probably a big nose, some acne everywhere. Maybe a little fro of hair, greasy hair. A real Melvin, a real nerd type. So it's again, it's a creative way of calling someone a nerd. If you just say nerd these days, you're not getting away with it. Okay, specifically too, especially. Because in 2022, nerds are taking over. Okay, there's a lot of more successful people are on the nerd side, and it's cool to be a nerd. It's cool and hipster and 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 trendy to be a nerd now, whether it's in reality or in style. Like just your style, how you dress, nerd is in. So if you call someone a nerd, they're just probably going to say thank you, and they're going to go tell their friends like someone thinks I'm a nerd, so now I'm cool. So you paid that person a compliment, which is good, which is what you want to do. But if you're trying to uh, shit talk your pals and diss your pals, it's not an effective way to go anymore. But if you call them a Melvin, now they got to stop and think. And, they, and you always go back to the old school look 
of what a nerd used to be. What people thought nerds were were like the betas, the weaklings, the friendless. For better or worse, I'm not saying I agree with that, but that's what it was back in the day. So when you call someone a Melvin, you make them think about it. And then by the time they figure it out, now they they just ran through the emotional roller coaster. They're, they're feeling pretty hurt. And you're walking off into the sunset, into the cafeteria with your boys popping collars and eating your pizza bagels in the cafeteriatorium. Victorious because you just dropped that bomb on a guy. And this comes from a guy, this, this feedback came from a guy who could easily have been called a Melvin when he was a kid and has since turned it around and used that fuel to toughen up and become a real, you know, a real tough guy, a real uh, feisty feline, if you will. And this is a guy who has nine lives, so I'm sure getting shit talked back in the day really didn't spend too many lives on him, uh, and he was able to tough it out, and now he can, he can joke about you know, the, the, the diss, the term Melvin in a, in a laughing matter, you know, even, even though he probably was called a Melvin back in the day. Um, so good on him. And thank you for your feedback on that one. All right. What else we got here? What am I missing here? We got one guy here. This, this freaking guy is a, is a dangerous, dangerous man right here for his feedback. This guy doesn't have a specific name, or or uh, or a line that he uses to shit talk people. What he does is he identifies the vulnerability in his enemy, which is really our friends. Again, this is all in, you know in jest and in fun times when you're shit talking your pals. But he finds a thing he knows is going to get the most under their skin, no matter how complex or simple it is. And then he hones in on that and he and he fires away finds the weakness, exploits the weakness, comes out victorious. So it could be something simple like maybe you have a you have a a, a weird name or or your name could be rhymed with something else. Something maybe negative. And the next thing you know, he's calling you that. It's so easy and silly and stupid. Raymond Raymond go awayman. That's what that's what everyone loves Raymond used to like used to get when he was a kid. On, on his show, he used to see there was an episode of him saying that that's a stupid thing, but it got to him. They he, somebody found the weakness and exploited it against Raymond. I, I just remember that off the top of my head because it rhymed. But you could think about that for any of your old friends, any of your pals. You find the little weakness, maybe something you know they're self conscious about. Maybe they got a hunchback, a big nose, Osgood Schlatter, a tiny pee pee, a fat ass, they're balding. Maybe whatever it might be, and yet you can exploit them very easily in a funny, joking manner, but a way you know is going to get to them to the point where they're not going to be able to retort effectively and win the win the disc contest, this match. And this coming, this is coming from a guy who eats onions like they're apples. So imagine this dude sliming around school when you guys were kids, your friends groups, and he's sliming in there. All grease, like with an apple in his hand, or an onion in his hand, like an apple, and he just takes a bite, and he and he looks at you, and he sees you're wearing like a pink shirt, and he says, "Oh, there's Johnny Boy, pink on the outside and the inside," <laughs> and it's just a stupid little joke, but he knows he got you, okay? And you're sitting there like, not only did this guy drop a very simple yet effective line, 
He's also got a sheen on him that I could see my reflection in, and he's eating a Vidalia onion like a goddamn apple. Psychopaths do that. Very, very dangerous psychopaths don't do that only. They're the only types that do that. So what are you going to do as a kid? you got to come back with another shit talk against him and risk your life against this very dangerous individual? I don't think so. I'm not trying to be put on anyone's lipstick hit list over here, okay? If that guy comes over here and drops a bomb on me, whatever it is, you win, pal. You got it. I'm going to put my tail between my legs. I'm going to sulk in my locker so no one can see me. I'm going to bury it deep inside. I'm not going to say a word to that guy because I, again, pick and choose your battles. That is not a hill I was I would would have been willing to die on as a kid. I had so much life and and uh, and hope left back then. wasn't going to do it. But it's again, it's a it's a effective dagger type of a line. So thank you for that feedback, buddy. You're a true gentleman. All right, what else we got over here? This guy right here is also dropping a bomb. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones before. I, I want to talk about this because I have a story behind this guy's feedback. Let's see. Let me look through the list here and see if there's any more that I missed. I don't think so. A lot of good feedback. A lot of the same stuff. Well, Sandlot was very popular with the shit talking, by the way. But anyway, this guy comes in hot with, again, a simple but creative and effective line. And depending on your audience, it would real, it will really have an impact. And this is something that he said he would used to tell his friends. It's just like a quick throwaway at the end of a, at the end of a good shit talking sesh. He would just end it with this bomb and just be like, well, you're adopted. Now, a couple things with this, with this line here. Okay. One, you got to know your audience for a number of reasons. A, if, if the person's, you know, uh, emotionally weak in your friends group and you think they're going to take it seriously and get affected that way, you really don't want to do that with your friends because it creates tension and awkwardness and you don't want to be an, an actual shit, per you know, shit bag, a shit person. Uh, so understand that. Two, if that person's actually adopted, whether they know, well, if they if they know about it, it's still going to hit. It's going to be like, oh, shit. If the remi don't remind me that my real parents didn't didn't want me for whatever reason, or maybe they died. I don't know what it was, but that's a that's a harsh reminder for someone. And if they're your friend, you don't want to do that. So know know if that you know if that person is in fact adopted. And D, if they don't know they're adopted and they go digging around and asking their parents, hey. Joey Bag of Donuts said that I was adopted. Is that true? And then they're like, oh, well, sit down, Melvin. Let me have a conversation with you real quick. And then the, the depression, that everything kicks in. The, the waterworks, the tears, the depression. That's a tough conversation to have with your kid who found out from his friend through a shit talk that he was actually adopted and his parents aren't his actual parents by birth. So that's a tough one. You got to know your audience. You don't want to inadvertently ruin someone's life who is your actual friend because nobody is the same after that. That person's certainly not the same. You're going to lose a friend. People are going to alienate you, and then you're going to become the Melvin of the group, the L7 weenie, and nobody wants that these days. So think about that. But if you got all those boxes checked and you're ready to rock and roll, that is a line and a half. Let me tell you something. 
And it reminds me of when we were kids, when I say we, me, my brother sticks and my sister, not sticks. When we were kids, our parents used to make that joke all the time because they knew it got us under, their, under our skin. Now, logically speaking, my sister and I look very much alike. In fact, we can probably pass for twins, even though we're a year apart. And we look just like my father, JPL3. So there's no denying from a logical standpoint that the, at the very least, the two of us are not adopted whatsoever. So that's an easy kill. If anything, my brother would be the one in question. And we'll get to that in a second. But my parents used to make the jokes all the time. Oh, any day now, your real parents are going to call you, call over here and ask for you back or realize that we, you know, we switch you at birth or whatever it was, something related to adoption and not being real parents, whatever, whatever the, the shit talk was. And one day they were making, making that joke at my sister when we were kids. Again, she's a year older than me, so we also look alike, and we look like my father. There's really no way anyone could say we're adopted and it'd be believable whatsoever. But we're kids. We're stupid. We were emotional. Our brains weren't fully developed. And my mom drops this bomb on my sister and says, ah, don't worry. Your real parents are going to call any day now, and, uh, and then we can get rid of you. And then within seconds, before my sister can even you know, push back and be like, no, no, the phone rings. And this is back in the day when you have a landline phone and that thing is ringing loud. The old school ring, bring, bring, loud. The whole house, it's echoing through and it's, and it's killing my sister. Like the, the sound waves of that ring at that moment, you can tell were shattering her bones and her heart and her emotional state. You, if she was breaking apart right there in front of us. And before, like... And a phone rang and then my mom makes this face like, oh, I, I guess that's them now. And my sister loses her shit. The poor thing runs away. I don't know what it, I don't know where she ran, ran to. She went and hid. She went. She ran to an alternate universe. She had to get so far away because she was so distraught by this bomb of a line. And I feel for her. I really did in that moment because. Again, if you step back, you know there's no chance. If again, if anything, my brother was the, was the one who was adopted. He looks nothing really like the rest of the family. But for whatever reason, every time they lobbed that joke towards my brother, oh, your real parents are going to call any minute now. Didn't even face him. I think his mindset was like, hey. If they got, you know, I'm glad they got rid of me because they probably weren't going to be good enough parents. And you guys give me whatever, you know, my mom loved, like spoiled my brother for better or worse. He got whatever he asked for. He was living high on the hog, crushing cheeseburgers on the reg, chicken nugget daddies on the reg, whatever he wanted, chocolate covered pretzels, anything he wanted as a kid, he got it. He was living the good life. So he didn't care if he was adopted. Good. He didn't want to go back home to his real parents anyway. So that joke did not land on him, even though if you look at us, he's the most adopted looking because he doesn't look like anything like us. So that was a uh, absolute. Uh, what is a what is a good word for it? Not not a tragic, but it's it was a it's a terrifying diss and shit talk. And you really want to be careful with with who you're dropping that bomb on. 
But thank you for that feedback. That reminded me of that story. It was very funny. I remember to this day, like where we were sitting when that happened in our house. And I can picture it all happening like live in my head right now in my stupid, stinking mental psychopath brain of my poor sister just getting absolutely nuked with this thing as the phone rang and oh, good times. And that, and then that is really, you know, goes to the point of that creative, simple, yet effective, emotionally damaging shit talking diss. And then there's a couple others, you know, that were thrown around. Uh, I, you know, I got reminded of the old, uh, just say no commercials with those shitty disses where the one dude is like offering the kid some, marijuana cigarettes at the time and they were actually tightly rolled uh marijuanas i don't know where he got them from and he's like hey kid you want to do pots with me uh and the kid's like no no i don't want to do it he goes what are you a chicken and then the kid goes i'm not a chicken you're a turkey and then he walks away again what does that mean it doesn't make any sense whatsoever why does it make him a turkey is that a bad thing or a good thing but it's it made that that pot smoker sit there and think about it for a second. By the time he figured out that he just got dissed, that kid was gone. Okay. That kid who just said no is gone, living a happy, healthy life, apparently, according to the old dare commercials. So it was a good diss. Uh, there were some other ones just like that. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but you get the idea. Now, the lesson in all this, the important stuff. And I know you're thinking like, how is this idiot going to come up with a lesson here? Well, hear me out. All of these disses that we talked about, these shit talks and the theme and the sort of the theme behind it were that they were creative ways. People are and have been for, for our entire lives coming up with creative and smart and intelligent ways to get after their enemy, if you will. And for the dissing and shit talking, even of your friends, you critically analyze the situation. You learned about your, your enemy, your target, if you will. You took that step back and you thought about all the different things. What are his weaknesses, their vulnerabilities, and what's the one that you can, you can attack the most effectively? And what can you say that's going to require like the, the simplest effort, the simplest amount of effort, but really, really, uh, you know, have the most effect, the most damage, the biggest blow, if you will. And now that's for the negative. That is for uh, you know exploiting your enemy's weakness and then attacking that weakness and vulnerability for victory uh, in the shit talk world. But that same mindset, that same line of thinking, that same creative critical analysis can and should be utilized in your everyday life when looking for the good in people and in other situations. And again, it sounds hippy-dippy. You just want to look for the good and forget the bad. We don't want to forget the bad. But if you want to change the way you think about things and to be a more, you know, that, that pursuit of happiness, we're constantly talking about the pursuit of happiness. If you want to find that, if you want to get back on that pursuit path, do that mental that mental exercise of stepping back, analyzing the situation or the person, and f- instead of finding their weakness, find their strength, and and not attack that strength, but empower that, enable that. Maybe your friend is very into a certain subject. Maybe they love plants, 
and they have no one to talk about plants with or something. And you identify that and then you say, hey, I heard your plants are doing well. Or like, tell me about like what new plants you got. You got succulents, you got Venus fly traps, you're working on tomatoes, whatever it is. You find that little thing that they're, they're good at or they're, that they're passionate about and you hone in on that. If you're a manager or director or a boss supervisor at work, you should be doing that with your team. Instead of identifying just your teammates' weaknesses and either exploiting that or being pissed about it, identify their strengths and play to those. Play to the positive. If you got a buddy who's maybe down, down on his luck, down in the dumps, you know, you do the same thing. You take the step back. You think of a creative way. You find out what his strengths are or what, what, what you know will make him happy. And you think of something to say or do that's going to that's gonna ignite that, that happiness again, that positivity in that person. And it, it just it goes back to what we always talk about, especially with the big three, is finding the good. Doing the same thing that you do in the negative, but doing it for a different reason and for the positive. Getting out of that constant negative mindset and doing something for good, for good reasons instead. And it'll change your outlook on life. It'll change that person's outlook on life. So yeah, we talked about dissing and shit-talking your friends for funny, entertaining purposes and to have fun because, again, it's all in jest. It's all good fun. And the intent behind what we were talking about is when you're having fun with your friends and you like to shit talk and, and you know, give them a good ribbing, if you will, for lack of a better term. But we also know a lot of people do that for real, to get under people's skin, to hate on them, to bully them, to be mean to them. So we're trying to we're trying to mitigate that. OK, the way to mitigate that the best is not so much to go bully that person back, but to just change the dynamic. Do that same mental gymnastics, that mental exercising, and just do it for the good, for the positive, and for the strengths of people. Because that's how you eliminate a negative. If I'm a negative person and I'm looking to attack people and be a shitty person, do whatever, if I just switch the reason for why I'm doing that and switch it to more of a positive you know, motivation, that negative's gone now. I just eliminated an enemy, if you will, a negative by turning it positive. Now, again, easier said than done. Got it. Tracking. Whatever. But you got to start somewhere. Okay. And that's really the lesson here is to just to, to start, we, uh, know the situation, take the steps back. And instead of really honing in on a negative of somebody, use that same creativity in your brains that you've had since childhood, dissing people and just flip the reasons for it and flip, you know, looking for vulnerabilities and just look for strengths instead and, uh, and see how, see how you like it, see how it fits in your lives. I did it again. I wanted to say life and I said lives and life combined and it sounded weird and stupid and I'm working on it. Okay. I got it. But anyway, that's all I got. Really appreciate the feedback. That was very, uh, a very fun, interesting sort of a question because it was, you know, people were racking their brains. Oh crap. I forgot one more. Here's a deck. This before we end. Okay. I have to go talk about this one. I can't believe I forgot this one. This might be the all-time most creative 
an inappropriate diss of all time, and it's in a movie, okay? The movie E.T. was that late 80s, early 90s. I think it was 80-something. They're in the kitchen. Elliot just saw the alien, and he was trying to tell his parents what he saw, or his mom and his brother and sister, what he saw in the shed. And he's explaining it, and his brother was being a, being a bit of a jerk, laughing him off and saying, you know, maybe it was this, maybe it was that, just to be funny and stupid and just to put him down. And Elliot drops the bomb of all bombs. He goes, it was nothing like that penis breath. Now, sit back and think about that one for a second. This is coming from like an eight, nine, 10 year old kid. I forgot how old Elliot was in the movie. That's the character's name. I don't remember his real name. Call his brother penis breath. Now, the, the words itself are funny. Penis is funny name. PP penis, whatever. Very funny. Penis breath. It sounds stupid and silly, right? But take the step back. What is he saying? Okay, in front of his mother and his and his young sister, played by Drew Barrymore at the time. What is he saying? Why would his brother have penis breath? Well, how do you get any kind of breath? How do you get coffee breath? You drink coffee. How do you get chocolate breath or peanut butter breath? Eat peanut butter and chocolate. How do you get penis breath? How did Elliot's brother get penis breath? What is he telling his brother? That he sucked penis. He had penis in his mouth. I don't. Ha- I shouldn't have to spell it out for you guys. And what does that go into? Again, we're talking late 80s, early 90s. The diss and shit talks were a little different back then. But what is he saying? He's saying now you got to go back to step, step back a little bit further that his brother likes men. Homosexual, gay person, whatever you want to call it. That's what essentially he was doing without saying you're gay. He wasn't saying that. He went the creative route to call him a penis breath. For, and, and, and he can he has the plausible deniability. Like, I didn't call you anything. I didn't call you gay. I just said you had a penis breath. That's it. And again, back in the day, 2022, that's not an effective line anymore. We don't call people gay anymore. That's not a, that's a derogatory term. We don't do that. It's offensive. And, and, and people have educated and, and lost that ignorance since then. And we were better people for it. But back then, it was the Wild West. And you couldn't and Elliot couldn't just say that to his brother directly because he would have got probably slapped upside the head by his mother and his sister would start crying or whatever. So he had to get creative and he did it in the moment. He, it was a split second. Instead of saying like, you're gay, he's like, how can I really get to him? And he really made a graphic by saying, calling a penis breath because now you have that image of him having a, a wiener in his mouth. And again, back then, that was a wild concept because people were ignorant. We didn't know any better. Well, I was a kid. I didn't know anything. I still don't know much of anything. But back in the day, that's the all-time creative like creative dagger of a line. I keep saying dagger because I, I am not smart enough to know any other words that describe the intensity behind these lines here and these disses. But that was, at the time, the all-time this shit talk that you can give to somebody was that creative way. And I, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm remembering it now. And I wasn't 
back when we were talking about it, because now I just went into this whole thing about the lesson of positivity and using that same mindset to think, you know, think positive, empower people and enable your friends. And now we're right back to penis breath. But anyway, I had to we had to talk about that one. That's the that was the the most effective one, I think, of all time. And we can argue about it back and forth. I have I have yet to hear somebody else say something, something better as far as what is a, a more treacherous debilitating line. Nothing. You can't. You can't find it. Penis breath was the one. That was the one. And, and it held true for the past 30 years. So now I'm done. Now we're done with the junction. Okay? Before we go, though, as always, we'll do it very quickly. The big three, because we kind of talked about it earlier. But number one, exercise every day. Most important thing you can do, get moving, get the body going, burn the calories, get the endorphins and the chemicals rushing. You'll be better physically, mentally, emotionally as well. Number two, hardest one, don't be a shitty person. Use the same lesson you just got today into your real life when you're when you're thinking about being shitty to someone and, and trying to craft up that, that real dagger, if you will, of a line to trash on someone on the internet or in person, find their vulnerability, just flip it. Take the step back. Use your efforts and your skill sets, your creative juices for something better. And again, the, a really important thing to think about here is why you're doing that to begin with, okay? Think about that. Why are you being a shitty person to someone? Why do you feel justified doing that? Is it just to get a good laugh? Is it to stick it to someone just to say, I got you? I'll show you. Is it just because it brings you joy being an asshole to someone? Whatever it is, it's probably not a good reason. You probably have to understand, like, if I, this brings me any joy, something's going on bad in my life. I got to change things up a bit. So think about that. Don't be a shitty person. Number three, the most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your life. For your friends, well, even if they shit talk you on a regular basis. In fact, I appreciate that more. I'm more grateful for that than anything else. Your family, food, water, toilet, whatever you got good in your life, be thankful and grateful for it. Think about it every day. Just one thing every day that you're grateful for and, and change that mindset that you live by. Every day you, you, you wake up and think of something good and that's something that you're grateful for and eventually you change your, your entire environment inside your head, your brain space to always be thinking about the good and, and being you know grateful, having that gratitude as opposed to anything on the negative side of the house. So think about that. That's the big three. Thank you guys again. I'm finally done flapping my gills, running my penis breath, whatever you want to call it. I appreciate you guys all the time. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tell your friends and enemies. Keep the interactions up. If you have any ideas, by the way, for the 100th episode, I'm still kind of racking my brain so I can give you guys something at least, you know, a little bit more entertaining to celebrate. We got that coming up in, in, in a couple of weeks. That's a big one. 100 episodes of this damn show. That's crazy to me. Uh, so think of if you have any ideas for what you want to see or who you may want to see, if I can try to make it happen, I will. But let me hear. I love the feedback, love the interactions, love it all. So thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.